welcome to House Common Blood, where strangers are family. Every episode may contain graphic content, such as copious amounts of blood, unnecessary cursing, death of all ages, infantile to immortal, fantasy drug use, nudity, and perhaps mentions of sex and sound effects of various qualities. We cannot stress enough that this is mature content with adult themes. You've been warned. I just wish there was more fire. Tell me what happened last session. All right. Well, last session, after uh, Asbadai uh, taught the King of White uh, how to play baseball with his head, um, so apparently the party had only uh, beaten its first health bar as the room suddenly transformed slash teleported us to... Bum bada bum bada bum ba bum. The unseen public. <laughs> but a very special place and a very special variant of it where we actually had to follow the rules of chess. Kinda sorta. So much like uh much like P1 is wont to do, he just sees a list of rules and goes, nah, and uh and messes with this game as he pits itself against the thought to be dead but apparently undead uh king of white and uh through much chicanery uh including but not limited to uh finally getting asmodai to uh, at least take on the form of his queen for a while but then also oridon so it kind of balances out um uh, they use their combined tactics to defeat the king of white uh gained a small power up and now uh, P1 has essentially turned the King of White into his own Queen of Black. And I will give you an inspiration if you can answer me this question. What's his name? So his name is... I believe it was Jean. He got the French accent on it. Alright, you get a little bit of inspiration. I was hoping that would be Curveball that you wouldn't expect. Alright. Um, excellent recap. So, uh, I believe uh, the last thing, uh, or, like, the setup was that you guys were, uh, doing, like, a, a slight Q&A with the now charmed and, you know, or charmed isn't the right word, enthralled, uh, the King of White on, uh, this, uh, I would say, hallucinogenic, uh, chessboard that almost, like, embodies most of the horizon. And the last question that was asked to him was from Ordon, if memory serves me right, on the Apocal paintings. And uh, he referenced you guys to uh, the Clockwork Palace or the Blue Palace that has uh, set anchor into you uh, your guys' reality. Uh, I think P1 is going to have to be the one to, to, to do the reminder. Oh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, uh, turns to Asmodai. I do believe that someone has forgotten a question they were supposed to ask. Out of character, what? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
as uh, as he turns to. Uh, I mean, I know that I called him Jean, but did you actually call him Jean, or did what did did you pronounce it Jean? I'm actually trying to remember. <laughs> I said Jean, but Jean works out, and I like that a little better. <laughs> Jean. Just uh, just turning to Jean. Said, said now, my queen, answer me honestly. Is the King's Gambit responsible for the Crimson Fist troubles the past few weeks? Uh, he tilts his head back and forth and says, I'm not responsible for it, but... And he uh, looks down for a moment as uh, the DM tries to remember what the fuck the other guy's name was off the top of his head. <laughs> there you go. He looks down, tilts his head left and right and goes... But Roland was responsible for a lot of those troubles. Ah, then, so the very same Roland that has uh, made off with the important uh, King of Black's Jewel, then, no? And he goes, yes. And <laughs> just gives you a nod. Any idea where he is? Where he's holding up? I, I lost contact after the scuffle when he lost. He hasn't really... He hasn't contacted me since that uh, loss with, um, God, what the hell would he even refer to you as? Uh, after he lost with uh, Master P1. Master? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, that's simple. We can set up a ruse, you throwing us out, P1 being disgraced, and then uh, send out the feelers. And hopefully he'll get in contact with you and we can set up... You can set up a meeting of reconciliation, and then we can kill him. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he uh, looks to Piwan and goes, is that acceptable, Master? Hmm. You have the bait. We already have the bait. We just have to lay it. Hmm. Well, I suppose before we execute it, I do have then two questions about this Roland, since I only spent about, what, less than an hour with him before he went off like a child in a temper tantrum? He is quite the child, yes. So, did Roland know about your condition? Like, sort of like uh, referring to the undead nature of Jean. He knew I had a cold, yes. <laughs> uh, okay. And to the best of your ability... Do you think that uh, Roland had ambitions to take over the King's Bandit himself? Uh, did you say Bandit? King's Gambit. Okay, I'm misheard you. He definitely said Bandit. So, uh, to re uh, rephrase the question just so I know entirely, you're asking if uh, Roland knew about uh, him being undead and uh, had any ambitions of taking over the King's Gambit? Yeah, he's essentially, he's essentially covering a base to where... Uh, so, you know, if this guy, you know, like coming back to the King's Gambit would actually be looking for reconciliation or just having any semblance of personal power would uh, would lead him to potentially just take it over the minute he comes back over or maybe even working toward that in this exact moment. Roland did have an ambition of uh, taking full control of the King's Gambit and it is quite the tantalizing ideal, as we do have a quite the following of nobles that are fallen from grace, but still have resources and men at their disposal, beck and call. It'd be no doubt in my mind, given the opportunity, he he would definitely eat uh, 
eat away at the possibility of having that much power. But I do have to say I am quite a bit fearful of his powers. Uh, does this Roland have any unique powers that you know of? He knows of uh, quite the spell, but I'm more fearful of the artifact that he holds. He has a clockwork wand. I, I don't know the exact specificity of it, but I've seen him summon great beasts in an instant. It seems like he avoids important rules of uh, spellcasting and bends it to his own will. So, Piwan just like uh, playing with the, the whiskers on his face. Hmm, that is quite a powerful artifact, isn't it? Oh yeah, that's right, you do have whiskers that threw me the fuck off. Yeah, um, I'm sorry to say, say that again, but it really threw me off. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, a, yes, that is quite the powerful object, isn't it? Yeah, fortunately, or unfortunately, that was a memento from long, long ago. He found it in the wreckage of the SS Minerva where I met with this fade. Wait, he said where I met with his fade? Uh, fate. But he does have a nice fate. <laughs> uh, then we'll all have to certainly be careful if we're going to engage this one, won't we? Just like looking to the rest. But thank you very much, my queen. That was very helpful. And you see like uh, a sheen of like gold go over him when you praise him and his eyes grow brighter. And he uh, basically does a I believe it's called a kotow or something where, like, basically a full bow, like, head on floor. So, well then, as interesting as this place has been, uh, I do believe that uh, for the time being we don't need to be here any longer, as he just, like, turns his full attention to, I guess, Asmodai, his, uh, his mandibles clicking in front of him. So then, how exactly do we leave here? Uh, I was hoping you are new thrall would have a way to get back out or we just wait so, well, I've never been here before so <laughs> and I hate it here but if he brought us in he should be able to bring us out just said I guess then turns to Jean so, well does the magic work in reverse uh, he nods his head yes it does just give me a moment and I'll be able to activate the runes once more and you see him uh, stand up and do a lot of movements with his hand. And while you guys wait for the incantation that he's doing to finish, uh, P1, you feel a gust of wind pushing you uh, backwards and leading you along. Just uh, his long ears, like, uh, blowing in the wind, he tur starts turning in that direction. I'll be back in just a moment. And uh, as you uh, leave along, you... I would say get about 10, maybe 15 paces away before you see like it starts to blow upward where you see the overcasting shadow of a, best way we would call it, a giant. Because his hands are on the board, just strumming along. And it stares at you. You see golden irises that burn, not as brightly as the sun, but with the same radiance. Yeah, just looking up at this, uh, at this being. And you hear its guttural voice 
speak in a foreign tongue. It says to you, Yes, And it reverberates off the board. Um, I want to ask the party, does anyone understand uh, giant or dwarvish? I understand giant. I know dwarvish. Oh, really? Um, if that's the case, uh, both of you guys can uh, basically kind of sync together like what it's saying. Because it's not giant and it's not uh, dwarvish, but enough of the words... From the, both those languages could help you understand the language. And it's not going to be a perfect, uh, perfect translation, but what it says is, We meet again, and you have beat the undead thrall once more. And I want to imagine as this uh, speech is going along, we hear the clicking of clockwork in the distance and the sliding of pieces that happen sporadically on the board uh, for miles away. We see the silhouettes of statues like a glorious war that's stagnant. Then, like when you pause on uh, TV and uh, quickly fast forward and pause again, it's that kind of motion. And it says to you, Sorrow, hate, violence, spur on, a sentient calamity, thoughtful forces of nature, given a single purpose, I must tell you, beware the flood, as its sickly tide rises and drinks everyone into the demon's eiker. We see that, uh, the black water in the distance where, like, Drogport would be slowly, like, rising and uh, lowering, like, uh, damn near a tidal wave. You know, like, uh, if you're on a beach and uh, the sea line just retracts, the, uh, basically an inkling of an oncoming catastrophe. We see, uh, I would say, light start to uh, illuminate this gargantuan creature. Its fingernail would be the size of Asmodai alone. Demon blood spilt from the first war makes the ink see. Their lingering will is the source of that ancient mist. It sires the bastards of demons every night. And again, we see like a, a slight mist over that sea, but no demons coming out of it. The flood of Nyx was constructed by many forces in this abominable town. Its maestro is a Daimakashayan, the Jade Hand. I want to say at this point we see like a overcast shadow on this blue illuminated uh, clockwork tower as we see people going f uh, to and fro that uh, uh, place. The more that die, the more that hate, the more that fear, the more the hoarder of souls, grimmer, feeds, the stronger the tide grows. And I would say it comes as, uh, yeah, only a revelation to Asmodai, as he's the only one who's been here, that you don't see an egg per se anymore, but everything seems a little darker, a little bit more 
gel-like in this water paint world. This is all but a small part of a grander game. As kings and usurpers fight for their seven thrones, the true players grasp at the ninth throne, the empty throne of God. And I think we hear like a slight ringing of bells in the distance. Maybe the faint sound of a trumpet. It looks around. Do you hear the bells toll? The coronation is nigh. The flame shall devour time and memory once more. Again and again and again. As it always has and always will. It looks at each one of you independently and each time, it, like, its stare is reminiscent of that power that flowed into you when you guys won. It says, starting with P1. Trickster. Then to Asmodai. Conqueror. Looks to me. Beast. Then finally to uh, Ordon. Outsider. And he asks you all a question. Do you wish to continue being thralls, living in blissful ignorance of life repeating itself? Or do you wish to be masters of your own fate? His hands stop strumming on the board, and it simply says, I shall await your answer. Now keep in mind, uh, keep in mind, the only people that uh, understood just about everything was uh, Asmodai and uh, me. But I'd say it was only fractured parts of uh, that uh, entire conversation, or not conversation, speech, essentially. I will relate what was said to the others. All right. I I would assume that I kind of want to imagine during that entire speech, like like both you and me, like were just saying the words out loud, like picking out parts, and you guys were switching places as uh, you know conversation would go on meanwhile p1 has just started like uh, taking one of his uh taking one of his longer ears and just kind of like uh stroking it kind of boredly as he's not really understanding much that this creature is trying to tell him <laughs> but eventually it's like oh that's what that is i'll say to the creature in in dwarvish and say you seem to mistake ignorance and apathy it's not hard to see what's been going on lately i just don't care Excellent. I love that response. And I think he just says, So be it. And I would say, at that moment... But, well, hold on. You say, now don't jump to conclusions. When you say, true players, whatever grandiose words you like to use... Can you elaborate? Because I don't do well with vague riddles. I don't know why those who are powerful like to speak in such things. I prefer simple. I prefer straightforward terms. But a true player is a very straightforward term, Asmodai. <laughs> you can't understand me, Dwarvish. <laughs> well, fuck you too. <laughs> 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 I mean, look, if you don't want to have comments, fine. No. <laughs> <sighs> <All right. laughs> um, yeah, true players, um, this gigantic being says to you, Those that remember days gone and days burnt, those that seek their greatest desire, a being 
shall be a catalyst for the end. Those are the true players. He'll tap his chin and relay what he said to the others. Why must everything speak in riddles? Staples old as time. It's stupid. <laughs> Doesn't make sense right now. That, like I said, I say all that <laughs> back in common, so if anyone wants to comment. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Asmodai's gonna sit and think for a moment. How do we stop the flood? I think, uh, the creature cups its chin. It looks off to the starry water color sky, and it says to you, The power is not within your hands, but within the hands of the many to everyone here. Those that wish it are the only people that can take it back, but... And it looks towards the palace. The masses tend to have a union at a figurehead, a leader, a king. You could say if the king of this city were to declare a new age, a new time for these people, the tides would withdraw back to the demon blood sea. You do realize that's exactly what uh, Grimmer and the Jade Hand want, right? For there to be a massive power vacuum because they know that none of the groups are going to get along, so they're all just going to keep killing each other until no one's left, and then uh, by that point, the tides will be so tight, so high that no one can tread water anymore. It has happened once, and it shall happen again. And we'll look at P1 and just say, <sighs> Why, why is it that basically this thing is telling us if we keep doing what we are trying to do, then we will accomplish what it wants from us? It seems very counterintuitive. Uh, uh, P1 just uh, scratching under his beak. Now, are you absolutely sure that's the only way? Eh. I mean, there's two ways, the way that I see it. Kill the Jade Hand is probably the more straightforward option, but probably extremely difficult. Or the second is to change hearts and minds. As it said, the problem is within the hearts and uh, and minds of people. Blah blah blah. Power of friendship will conquer all. Heart, darkness, light. All that wonderful nonsense. Blah blah blah. Kingdom Hearts bullshit. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and anime. Remember, power friendship. Well, I do believe that you've fallen for a particular mental trap. You assume that these goals are mutually exclusive. Eh, hopefully they tie into one another. You'll find that the best way to get exactly what you want is to take the options given to you. And just like with a kind of like a, a flourish of his uh, uh, flourish of his paws, give it a bit of a twist, you know? And maybe not have this asshole around. Looks at Asmodai. Oh, I'm sorry. You're still you're still in your grumpy state. I just blow a raspberry at him. Very mature. Anyway, the adults are talking. Uh, as I was, uh, you make a fair point. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. However, they definitely tie into one another. 
But just like, much like any other game, if you don't like the rules presented to you, just change them. It's kind of the point. In fact, that's pretty much what this being just said to us. Become the one who changes the rules, which we were already kind of doing. Which makes this whole grand choice thing a little redundant, but eh, whatever. Alright, I'll turn back to the big creature and be like, alright, I made my choice. I'm already a player on the stage, so I might as well make it official. He gives you a nod. And I suppose he looks towards the others to see if they've reached the same conclusion, or made the same decision. Well, then, I don't know if you particularly understand what I'm saying, uh, if he wants, like, saying up to the thing. Uh, but if I can say one thing for certain is that I'm not going to ever allow anyone, ever again, to decide my fate. So I will do anything possible to make sure that will never happen again. I'm on board. Before we uh, continue on, he uh, looks at Piwan, and uh, keep in mind, Dasmadai and me are the only people that can understand him. He goes, Quite strange. Last time you were here, you were a slave, begging to be released. What has happened this time? And he gives you a nod. Mead picks up a uh, spring blade and goes, We're in too. <laughs> ah. The beast and his fire. Good. And that leaves Ordon. No. No. Alright. I'm still holding him, I assume. <laughs> you can hold him if you want. Well, that's why I said I picked him up and said that we're in. Okay. And I'm going to shake him a little bit. This is my emotional support gnome. <laughs> Seriously. Come on, Grumpy. I I actually have a good idea with that. Um, so I would say he would nod and say, It is done. And on each one of you guys, wherever on your body you'd see fit, there is a an old, like, Nordic ruin that glows with a shining gold on each one of your bodies. For Ordon, there is a mark, but it is black. And I would say after that, uh, Jean finishes his spell, activating uh, the ruins. And we have a moment of uh, gold brilliance that blind us as we transition to the manner that you guys have the chess game in. And I would say on the chessboard, we see a glitched state is the best way to put it. That the board constantly switches pieces and that, uh, yeah, it's like looking at a glitched photo where like nothing's matching up, but the image disarranged is still kind of there. And we see like a black inky watercolor kind of leaking but not spreading it quickly dissipates as soon as it leaves this spot you guys are just about where you were beforehand and i would say evening is just coming along i'm tired i think we should get some rest i just want to imagine p1 looking at the chessboard looking it up and down so, well looks like i might have broken it shocking so p1 who's that 
to raise as an irish who was what the being we were talking to it wasn't your first time speaking with it so honestly i don't remember them you don't remember oh the last time you were here you were a slave and now you are not I feel like that would be something memorable at the very least. So, and I'm telling you that they were speaking nonsense. Uh-huh. Eh, it doesn't matter. It's been a long day. Um, I feel like at that moment, uh, uh, Jean uh, pipes in and says, Would you all like quarters in the manor? No, I'm going to be heading back to my place. Well... I'll be heading back to the home, as it were. Alright. Uh, everybody else? Just uh, turns to Jean. So, well then, that depends. What is your thread count? Incountable. <laughs> Look, see, that's... Well, I think I know where I'm sleeping tonight. How much beer you got? It has been a long day, hasn't it? We have it by the droves in the cellar. I'll sleep there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And he looks at the gnome. Does it matter? Now, am I still holding him at this point in time? Sure. <laughs> I mean, as far as I know, as far as you know, Oridon has not made any comment about uh, comment to the contrary. He'll come with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That that's pretty. That's pretty good. I like that. Um, I I kind of want to imagine the events that follow. Um. First off, I would say that he probably made a dinner for you guys. And uh, this is just to include Asmodai for a little longer before he heads off to go to bed for a uh, campfire story. All right, me. Uh, so how I want to imagine it is that we more than likely probably have a pig with an apple in its mouth, fully roasted on a long wooden table. Uh, I'm not... How do you guys actually sit on the table? Are you guys close together or all spaced out? Because I, I kind of want to imagine the seam a little clear. Depends. Am I still being held by me? It also depends on how big the table is. Um, it It's too long. Like, if you wouldn't be able to hold a conversation if there, there was a person on each side of the table, you guys would be yelling. So, I'd <laughs> say like a good... Uh, I'd say 25 feet. 25, 30 feet. It's long. It's super huge. I think I think at this point me has put Ordon down, but he'd be sitting near um, P1 probably. Mm-hmm. I assume P1, you'd take the head of the table. You, I, I'm glad that you didn't even need to ask. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I figured. It's like it was just assumed. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it is your thralls manner? Yeah, that's the assumption. Resisting temptation to sit at the head on the other side <laughs> i could shorten it down for you because i do like the image <laughs> uh. although effectively that does just like because uh, because then i'm imagining just like asmodai actually having to shout or even like strain his ears to even know what people are talking about <laughs> <laughs> i do like that though like it's just a cool visual I, I said he was tempted. I didn't say he was going to do it. I know. That's why I'm just saying. You know, P1, I think you need to make, like, a second table. One that is for more informal dining, because this is ridiculous. Uh, you should just make it a round table so everyone sitting there is equals. 
There's no head of the table, and hence why it's the informal one. Just looks at the space room. Well, honestly, I don't think that that table would be would be able to fit in this room if we wanted to have the same number of people. That's why I said it's smaller and more informal. Like when you have friends over for dinner, not an actual dinner party. Like you can fit 30 people at this table. And while they're talking, Orden's just going to be serving up food for everybody. Oh, that's a cool little image. So I want to imagine that uh, uh, Jean, he doesn't look undead anymore. He he, he might as well. It's, he has a Steve, uh, what was his name? Steve Buscemi uh, kind of look. So he's sunken, kind of skeleton looking. But, you know, it, he looks human now. He has uh, hair and it's uh, gelled. Let's just hope he never watch or listens to this or he'll be offended. I know. So we got pomade uh, Steve Buscemi, <laughs> like uh, serving uh, you guys up. And uh, we have the little gnome to his uh, left also helping him out. It's, it it kind of reminds me of like a dad trying to show like his son what to do because uh, he's showing them the proper etiquette with, uh, you know, giving out plates. And you guys have a lot of different food available. Uh, the main uh, dish being, you know, pig, pork. While. Uh, while you guys have uh, salads, fruits, and uh, veggies of uh, bizarre quality. And uh, he starts laying it out for you guys to uh, begin eating. I forget the, the rules. So because it rolled me, am I asking the question or am I being asked the question? Um, It's preferred that, you know, one of the party members just asks you a question about you. And we fill in the gaps from there. But if no one can come up with anything, you can pitch an idea. I thought it was the other way. They get to ask a question about someone. No, no. It's just worked out where like, uh, we're two people were very close together and the other person had a question. So, well, me, if, uh, as P1 is like, uh, I, I guess, I guess in this case, we would actually have to carefully cut his thing so that it would properly go down his beak. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I've never really met a creature like you before. Yeah, not really. Me neither. I don't really remember much before Inquisition found me. Huh. So then they found you as a child? He's having a... You could you could probably tell in this moment he's trying to, like, picture a much smaller me, but struggling a bit. No, I was big by then. I was just in a dark place. Very mean people. Then they found me. Mean people? You mean you were with others? He kind of pulls back some of his fur and you see scars on his body. He's like, they trying to get me to tell him something, but I don't really remember what it was anymore. Incidentally, do any, are any of these uh, markings like on his head? <laughs> uh, so there's, they're kind of just all over his body. <laughs> Uh, head and stuff, and then the 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 most notable is the actual looking like kind of like a brand, but still kind of glowing on his face. Hmm. Have you had been thinking about it? Actually, no, you probably haven't, but I'll say it anyway. Have you considered that maybe the memory loss and those mean people might have a connection? Probably. Or Nor told me he took my memories to protect me to protect you. Oh, it sounds very much like he has your best interest at heart. Yeah, 
He also likes it when I burn things. Of course he does. Uh, and so another one fall into another's machinations <laughs> as he takes another bite of his food. <laughs> or another drop of his food. Well, what I'm getting at is it's weird. It's weird trying to see a bird eat. <laughs> I'd say like the moment you uh, took whatever kind of bite that you took, uh, we see uh, Jean like pouring or refilling a drink. Uh, did you ask for any kind of alcohol or are you keeping like a straight edge quality about you? Oh, you drank booze before. Yeah, that was the first thing you did with me. That's right. Yeah, that's how we became friends. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to imagine just me believes that uh, sharing a drink with someone makes them your friend. And so far, that has not been wrong. <laughs> Therefore, confirmation bias. He pours you all this drink and it has like a... Uh, it uh, has a, uh, a misty quality to it. Like, uh, it. like it's super fucking cold in a hot environment. And as he pours it, he says, uh, this is vintage Banshee breath. I really do hope you enjoy it. Please drink it slow. You do not want to chug this. And he pours each one of you a drink. And <laughs> he takes his own goblet, even though he can't really feel the effects of it. But more of a uh, social uh, 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 social activity, he uh, says to you all. I believe uh, cheers are in order for our recent victory. <laughs> for your recent victory. <laughs> and he says <laughs> to P1. The ultimate king, and just clings your class. <laughs> I just want to imagine, like, like almost, like, a, I just want you to imagine, like, that kind of scene where it's just like, you know, like a, like you know, Jean standing off to the side and like, with his glass, and P wants holding up his, and without even, without even turning his head, just clinks the glass with his. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Amazing. And he drinks about half of it, but it goes right through him. <laughs> And I suppose if uh, that's it for a little bit of a roleplay between the party, we can uh, move on. Yes, Asmundi will have one drink, and then mm. stop drinking entirely, and ask for tea. He has to drive tonight. And if you guys remember, Asmundi pretty much doesn't drink, except on special occasions. Or Don is going to forego the drink entirely. And me will take both of their glasses and fill all three of them up and keep drinking. <laughs> well, at least someone has good taste. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad you think so. I I do prefer very nice tea leaves. How fast do you drink it, though? I I have to ask. Like you drink it, you chugging this? I imagine it would be too fast. Too fast? Yes, I'm gonna roll. Yeah, make a con save for me, please, buddy. Nine. Okay, so yeah, so as you're drinking it, uh, your tongue freezes, and <laughs> you have uh, trouble speaking. You're gonna have a disadvantage on like uh, persuasion checks or intimidation or basically anything that revolves uh, charisma for the next day or until you warm it up and nurse it. it I feel like he kind of just naturally has disadvantage on most charisma checks. <laughs> Yeah, but this helps out. <laughs> it's kind of like eating dry ice at this point. Like, it is way, way too much, way too fast. And you also have a slight ice cream headache. But if anything, I think that might make him more intimidating because he'd sound more like a actual bear not being able to talk. <laughs> okay. 
yeah, I, I assume we uh, finished off with that, and uh, I kind of want to move on to just Asmodee just uh, going home. Uh, I would say the only thing you notice as you're, like, stepping through the streets is, yes, Asmodee, the water levels are slightly rising. Not right in front of you, it's just, like, last time you actually took note of it. It's risen a lot more by, like, a couple feet, actually. And... You, uh, along the way, like, you pass by the orphanage that, uh, Dust curated, and you do see new bodies hanging from the tree. And what really pisses you off is that one of them has a crimson fist that's hanging. No, no one of real importance, one of the lackeys, one of the minions... But it does look like he was hung on this tree, along with a wild one, a person from Clearwater Sailing. It seems like indiscriminate killing from civilians and everyone else. He's just keeps on walking. Keeps on walking, and you get home, and we all have a long rest. Um, when I get back to... I like to imagine uh, I've requisitioned a, a tavern that got smashed up a few days ago. Uh, and I'm going to be a better owner than its previous one, because, you know, I'm alive. <laughs> and I want to imagine, like, the statue isn't far away from, like, the fucking inn. I love that. Oh, no, it decorates the front. What are you talking about? Oh, hell yeah, I'm down for that, yes. Fuck yes. We see Leo's statue corp. Like, in that, uh, uh, how do we say it? On his knees, hands bound behind his back, headless with a golden head in the basket, right? Yeah. Oh, yes, right in front of this end. Does it have a new name? Or you haven't gone there yet? There, There's no name on it. No name? <laughs> Alright. No name on it. You, uh, come in, and, uh... Cat's meow. <laughs> uh, so do you still have the same employees, like uh, the uh, bartender owner that you first met and the small boy? I mean, if they're alive, sure. <laughs> no, no they're, they're alive, but, you know, it, it looks like uh, the owner's upgraded from, like, a, a blunt instrument, like a, a baddish kind of uh, weapon to, like, an actual, like, sword, even though it's not well taken care of. You can tell he knows nothing about fighting, and if he ever got into a fight, he would... More likely die with all the chips and rust on that sword. But yes, uh, there's still the bartender owner who looks after the shop, and I feel like he's giving the kid asylum with uh, the recent week. And uh, remind me, Mega, uh, what did you uh, tell the boy? Like, you called uh, Iceman uh, Metal Man, right? Uh, Cobalt? Yes. And yeah, and the boy comes up to you, Asmodee, and says, Metal Man's back! And he just gives you a slight hug on the leg. Oh, hello, child. Feel like, uh, like as you walk along or, you know, when you're done with the hug and trying to move forward, he kind of follows your leg still trying to give it a hug. <laughs> uh, but uh, is this just where you're going to sleep? Is there anything else you want to do before your long rest? So I'm going to actually uh, reason I don't want to go to sleep. Yeah, was I do want to uh, go ahead and do a prayer real quick um which i do every night but this is kind of a more special one um and i'm just going to fold my hands uh 
take out my shield laid in front of me uh, as I gaze at the symbol of Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, as you like gaze at the like symbol of Vulcan, we hear like a phantasmal like crackling of fire. And the more you stare at it, the more it seems to glow like a hearth. And uh, I'll just say, my lord who makes the world crumble at the knees and bow to him in submission, who is a conqueror, the warrior of might that is known throughout the ages. You have led me well. You have made my hammer strike swift, strike hard. You've kept my shield arm strong. I thank you for your guidance and your blessings in the hours of my need. I want to tell you that though I might be getting aid from others of great power such as yourself, I am and will always continue to be dedicated to your ways and teachings. And I'll just make a few more supplications, but the main point is basically he wants to reassure Vulcan that even though he's made promises and deals, he's still very loyal to him. Alright, uh, I think what happens is once you uh, say that, we hear like a wolf of fire, and uh, wherever your tattoo may be, I'm imagining like uh, underneath the skin, probably like uh, on the shoulder or someplace on your body, I'm going to say shoulder, where that golden runic tattoo is. It basically starts a blaze and it goes from gold to like a deep and bright crimson red the moment you reassure your faith and I feel like the moment that happens you feel different it, it's a strange sensation like you are climbing towards the top the peak of physical condition it's a long ways away but you feel like you could take yourself on yesterday and defeat yourself from what you've gained. And I'm going to say, write this down, uh, the, during next combat, if you, uh, like, uh, the first attack you do is with advantage, and your damage is at advantage. This isn't the power, just a slight boon. First attack, first damage. And do you have anything else? No, I'll just polish my armor and head off to bed and everyone begins to sleep and as you all dream throughout the night i want to say that each one of you just opens your eyes in black murky water and you guys begin to suffocate and you guys don't wake up you guys don't see each other but you are so deep beneath the darkness of this water where the light seems so dim, where the black abyss is but behind you. The coldness of that water drags you down and down and down. And as this happens, the painful suffocation of holding your breath to finally drinking this almost black blood entering your mouth, you all but Ordon have your sigils on your body just wake you up in the morning as if you've peacefully rested. Ordon, you're not exhausted, but 
you feel like this nightmare has affected you beyond comprehension. Like that fracture, that veil between both of your personalities begins to become ever broader. A more distinct line begins to form. You guys wake up and you see the flying leviathan in the sky. The tentacled sun is a hue of orange and uh, a red as it begins to rise in the sky. And the first thing that meets your guys, or just everyone's ears, even though you're in different locations, is just the faint sounds of swords clanging and buildings blowing up. It doesn't seem like it's going to be peaceful time anytime soon. What? Uh, let me ask the group first, like uh, Mega, Ordon, uh, me, what do you guys do as soon as you wake up? Ask Ordon how he slept. Oh, well... Well, I mean, not really too good. I, I, I felt like I was dr- drowning. Don't worry. I won't let my little buddy drown. My my chest feels a little weird. I think this the tattoo. I was like, didn't want it, but but I it's it just feels weird. Hmm. Well, let's get breakfast. Good idea. The P1 as he wakes up whip in bed just turns his head toward John. Is it always this noisy in the morning here? Yes, with uh, the recent week, uh, the wars have been more frequent and a little bit more bloody. With Roland and my ability to interfere with communications, we were able to stop a little bit of the bloodshed, but it appears that he's been assisting with making the blood flow a little stronger on the streets. And again, like, he, I don't believe he slept at all. He just stayed in your bedroom off to the corner guarding you. <laughs> I imagine him laying in the bed just staring at him all night. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm down for that. <laughs> so, well then, I guess I know what's first on my docket. <laughs> just like clearly, clearly annoyed. Mm-hmm. And he uh, tells you, you must be careful, Master. He... He is stronger than I. And uh, I assume he opens the door and leads you towards uh, the di- or dining room for uh, breakfast. Yeah, and it's like making their way down there. Then uh, she reading like that. Ah, you two are here already. I kind of I kinda want to imagine like you have like a night robe on, you know what I mean? And it's dragging worse than a wedding dress. This food is really good. I mean, I mean, look, it's like uh, his his clothes got bloody the previous night, so like, uh, <laughs> like those have to be washed first. So like, uh, partook in the robes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, you guys. Uh, I, I think uh, how he serves it up is that like these are like uh, eggs the size of your head, and the the shell is strong and used as a bowl. And we see kind of a cake omelet type of uh, dealio. And as you guys are eating along, I want to hear uh, what is it, has anything exciting happened for your level up for each one of your classes? Uh, even as we've been speaking, I've had to uh, do a lot of spell rearranging. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just kind of what happens with sorcerers. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Called it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, anything, like, uh, crazy that you want to talk about? 
So, well, I do have a spell that uh, me is going to like the next time that uh, we get into combat, but I'll leave that one to a surprise. Uh, All right. But just me specifically will like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, if that's it, Ordon, what happened with your level up? Well, I got access to second level spells. Hell yeah. And instead of attacking only once per turn, I can do it twice. What the hell is in your mouth? A bottle cap. <laughs> All right. Uh, if that's it, uh, me, what is happening with you? Uh, multi-attack and I can grow big more times. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Iceman, finish this off. What happened with your level up? Literally the same thing as Ordon. All right. I believe the one thing, important thing is being very forgotten. It's like, I think... I think literally all of you can now attack twice. That Ordon said that, <laughs> and so did me. Yeah, but just like, but no, but and not everybody said it though. So it's just like, it's like, it's like, come on, you you do martial things like extra attack is a very big deal. <laughs> I know, but I didn't want to repeat myself. Uh, Cupcake said it, and then so so did uh, me. So I just said ditto. But ditto is from. The Kanto region. Oh, be quiet. You made the eggs. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, you guys are eating this lovely weird dish, an omelette, cake-like uh, 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 food that's within like a, a nicely cut eggshell the size of your head. And uh, you guys are served all sorts of drinks. The tea that he serves uh, is not exactly clear. Uh, yeah, I would say it's like an amber color with a blue uh tobacco leaves on top and uh he asks uh p1 what is the first order of business today my liege uh, so well if we are going to be going with this baiting plan there's like a looking out to the rest oh that's right he's not here <laughs> so we'll definitely have to find a convincing way for him to believe that i've been formally expunged from the gambit is there even a protocol that you normally do for that? Death. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Although I feel like a master with, uh, he coughs in his hand, even though he's undead, can't cough. Coughs in his hand, says, uh, is not human. Uh, I feel like we've broken enough protocol just to make this plan work in some way, but it must be a devastating, uh, uh dispelment from, uh, the gambit. If you have any ideas, I'm all ears. Hmm. So he'll just uh, think for a moment, and... So, well, I won't lie, I do have at least uh, one idea. We could even be theatrical about it. What would that be, my leash? So, what would you say to a duel between kings? He uh, strokes his uh, chin and says, Well, the thing is, there is proper protocol between a duel between two kings it's what happened last night that's how me and him settled our disputes we would go on the chessboard have some of our little minions not nobles of course and we would fight though i feel like uh, that experience would not be so enjoyable for you considering the stakes oh we don't have to adhere to protocol so much as you said i've Already broken enough rules as it is. Uh, just like uh, he, he, his, his beak can't quite grin, but uh, but the, the grin is implied. Um, hey, m me, 
Yeah. Did your food taste for funny? Mm, I don't know. My tongue kind of still feels weird. I didn't taste it. Can you can you smell mine and tell me if it like smells weird? Is that a perception? I guess. Sure. It smells fine. I guess. <laughs> Got a six. Um, it's not that hard. It does smell like uh, it smells like an egg if it was made with humans. Smells pretty tasty. <laughs> then I will take out my notebook and write down a gnomish um some things i just noticed <laughs> just it's right writing along in your little notebook hmm i just want to imagine just uh uh that p1 has like a uh casually like uh shifted his right hand uh uh in in jean's direction and it and it is glowing a slight green but uh but uh, P1 looks to be paying attention to what uh, me and Oradon are saying. <laughs> so the main plans for today is to uh, try to enact this uh, ruse. And uh, I assume, uh, are you guys going to meet up to uh, discuss the plans for it? Or uh, do you have something else in mind? I'll eventually make my way over there. All right. All right. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, after uh, breakfast goes by, uh, Iceman, as you're... Uh, walking through the streets you do see like it's not even ju just a crimson fist crimson fist has no problems with the morning patrols are doing fine but it seems like uh i would say the black eyes and the grim song both those uh, gangs are butting heads it's uh towards the poverty stricken streets of uh the blighted slum so uh closer towards the river but at the worst side of town you can easily hear like people screaming, people dying, swords clanging, and just screams of terror. Things sure escalated in the last two days. Just gang warfare. Uh, so, uh, as you're moving along, you can easily make it to this uh, manor. I would say it's the Laban Manor. And uh, you can easily see the party uh, eating at this awkwardly long table. And I would uh, presume like... Uh, uh, Jean uh, probably catches you before anyone else and you know uh, with courtesy tells uh, P1 uh, you have a guess my liege uh, who is it? Uh, I believe it is uh, the crimson fiery fist I believe uh, right the magnetism one yeah go ahead bring him in <laughs> yeah obviously Asmodai comes into the picture so well someone looks more rested now what happened to, you know, aren't we doing this? What was what, the whole thing I have to get checked at the door? thought I'm basically a co-consul at the moment. Well, not going to lie, the last time that you walked into this manor, a king was killed. Oh, be quiet. You were going to do this. You were going to do the same thing. That's <laughs> 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 some good shit. Don't get your feathers in a tuffle. Oh, come on. You know I'm just teasing. Uh, sure you were. Well, uh, what is on the docket for today? So, well, as we discussed yesterday, it looks like uh, the first order of business will be to uh, remove myself from my seat. Yes. I had an idea on how to do that. 
Oh, I did too, but uh, we'll go ahead and hear yours first. So, you, dead guy. Yes, how may it be assistance? Uh, you can do magic, yes? Absolutely. How good are you at the illusions? Hmm, how good am I at illusions? Um, I believe, uh, the moment you say that, keep in mind, he looks like Steve Buscemi, so, uh, the moment you say that, he just does the John Cena can't see me. And, uh, like, his face turns to a skeleton. I know my way around illusionary craft. Clearly. But mm -hmm. <laughs> a little more specific. Uh, so you do know your way around illusions. Perfect. So, let me guess. If P1 was to, or we were to go forward with, uh, with this whole ruse... It would have to be done in such a way that P1 looks like he is disposed of, killed. I'm thinking a public ex execution will get uh, Roland's attention. And he uh, p uh, pipes in and says, yes, uh, quite like uh, the execution with the line fellow. That caused quite a stir. Not enough of one. Well, that's simple enough. My idea was quite simple. You have, uh, you have P1 here, uh, become, or rather, you take, uh, one of your servants, pawns, whatever you want to call them, uh, and you make them look like P1, and then you cut off his head. Really quite simple. Yeah, he looks at P1. Would that be uh, acceptable to you, losing one of our troops? Uh, this is like P1 thinking on it for a moment. So, well, the King's Gambit has already lost a lot of its men as it is. I would prefer it if we kept it much more focused. <laughs> it's literally one person. Heck, do you have a prisoner? I'm sure I can find I can find a willing volunteer. He uh, shakes his head and goes, oh, we have none at the moment. Our, our business usually lies with just espionage, that's it. All right, um, if you guys want to uh, go with that plan, uh, I think uh, the only counterpoints he brings up to it is, uh, he, or not counterpoints, uh, conditions, uh, I believe he says, well, if I were to try to disguise the appearance of uh, another person besides the glorious Master P1, I would have to be within, I would say, 60 or 0 feet, which shouldn't be too hard. I just need to maintain a line of sight. The only problem is, is that I can't maintain my appearance while changing the appearance of another at the same same time. But you can't use a minor illusion to put up in front of your face or to do something else. I mean, heck, there can easily be a screen up on stage. I found this paper bag in the kitchen. That works too. Hmm. I suppose a mask would uh, work, and uh, with the right uh, clothing, I could probably uh, mislead people. But uh, the most important thing is I cannot stay in the sun for too long. So if we were to do this, we must gather up a crowd. Uh, I, I mustn't stay in the sun for more than an hour. But so long as we get it done beforehand, I see no issue. Um, but it is all up to Master P1. Uh, yeah, Pete. Pimon just thinking, just, uh, I've already had a brief conversation with John, and I've at least came up with an idea to where, uh, 
Just like thinking on it, there'll be no traces left. <laughs> Even a head can be brought back to life, can't it? <laughs> Not his uh, head. But, uh, my liege, uh, with that spell in particular, it could cause uh, quite the commotion. It has quite the range on it, but... Uh, and he begins to uh, write down as he uh, uh, exits the conversation, like uh, writes down a few things. So, uh, what what does the party want to do on this matter? Oh, I'll. Uh, can you excuse me? I forgot something in the cellar when I fell asleep. I'll be right back. Mm -hmm. You can go right ahead. Do you want to have a scene right now, or do you want to have it after the conversation? Oh no, I'm just grabbing something. All right, you can uh, go down to the cellar and uh, grab something. Everyone, I just just blinks as they, yeah, wait for Ardon to return from the cellar. Imagine me just stares at the wall unblinkingly, <laughs> and I think you just hear a little muffled talk for a second. And uh, all right, uh, do you uh, come back after that? So, so sorry, guys, I just forgot my hammer downstairs. Oh, that was anticlimactic. Anyway. <laughs> Like I said, best thing might... Uh, I think the illusion making it public spectacle. You make it look like uh, as tempting as possible for Roland. And the executions don't take long. Oh, I just figured that uh, maybe the best way to get as much attention as possible and to make it as convincing as possible is to make it seem more like a... Uh, heat of the moment situation. Uh, well, I mean, you're not wrong, but uh, I mean, I had that idea too. Thing is, is it uh, it's easier to draw someone out when you put what they want on the silver planter, but uh, you make a fair point. Well, don't worry, we'll make it as much of a spectacle as possible. There will be zero doubts that I have been eliminated. <laughs> Or at the very least, many people will be witnesses to it. Eh, that works. Alright, uh, sounds, uh, pretty cool. Uh, just, uh, like, all of you, just describe, like, uh, how, how you guys want this to look, how you guys want this to act. Just give me, like, uh, details on how you guys are all trying to get this to come together. I mean, well, well, if we're, if we're trying to make it seem like, um, P P1 is disappearing, I could help with that. I got I got a few tricks up my sleeves. It's disappearing as much as we're making it look like he's killed. If he were if he were to disappear in an inferno, he might get a little scratched up, but he would be gone. So you know that one right there. We're both on the same page, I think. <laughs> as as P1 just like puts a puts a talent hand on Ordon's shoulders. It's like, see, I knew there was something in there. <laughs> oh my goodness, you two, you two are so cute together. Please. It might surprise you guys, but I know a little bit about fire. <laughs> really, I am so shocked. Oh no, I definitely didn't see that coming. Next, you're gonna tell me the sky is blue. It is. Oh wow, that is amazing. Is there a flying serpent too? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Um, so, we just want to uh, oh, uh, get to building this kind of stage to set up this uh, ruse. Um, 
I, I want to ask specifically. So which plan? Uh, which plan are we exactly doing here? Are we grabbing like uh, some random person and killing them, or are we can just make a, a P1 so fucking murdered that there's no trace of him. What? Well, well my, my my idea is, um, me. You said you're good at fire, right? Yeah, or Nori watches over me sometimes. And and you're you're with the Inquisition, right? Yes. Do you do you burn heretics? Very frequently. Okay. We we can pretend that uh, P1 is a heretic and, and we can uh, tie him up. You you call you call fire on him and I'll, I'll I'll be really quick so he doesn't get hurt. And as I go to try to save him, I can make him turn invisible. Eh, I think the best thing to do instead of involving a third party is literally just use what we have in front of us which is the king in white here and make him be the one that does it he's got fire magic we know that that's the simplest way don't don't muddy the waters by bringing in another third party that they don't know about also it's just simply very important that the king of white does it himself correct it looks more official that way. But we don't need a crowd, we can just make it sure that everyone in this house sees it. It doesn't need to be as big of a spectacle that way. Still accomplishes the same goal. Oh, I figured we could just do it right out of the courtyard with the right planning. Well, yes. My idea was to call a big spectacle, but you want to do it much more in media res, as it were. So why why isn't this already a spectacle as it is? Mm, enough. Two kings fighting amongst each other, gathering everyone's attention, and then the king of white does away with the problem. Yeah, fair enough. So now, a very important question. Uh, it's like, uh, does the does the king's gambit have a what's the word I'm looking for? Floor plan, building plan. I just need to know where certain things are located. Um, I feel like uh, Jean would uh, come in at this moment and goes, whatever uh, material is required in any labor, I can uh, quickly have those orders placed down and we can have it within the hour. So long as you want this to be a planned spectacle, is this still going to be planned or heat of the moment? It'll be both. It will be planned, but looked to be heat of the moment. So really, I think the only thing we need, uh, thinking on it, is something maybe about half of my size, but is flammable. <laughs> Looks towards Oridon. I, I can take the heat. <laughs> oh no, you need to make absolutely sure that it burns. Well, if uh, memory uh, serves me right, we there is a, a stage already built that you could uh, quickly tune up uh, down by... Hmm. There's quite a few locations. One recently built by uh, uh, this man over here, looking towards Asmodai for uh, latest execution. But we do have one near the Magical Inquisition in the Jade Hills, and uh, quite a few in the different territories of uh, the Blighted Slums. Although they're recently built as well and a little r rickety, but I suppose they would do. It's just a depend. It's on your uh, choice of where you want this to uh, happen at, my liege. 
I believe you said the, just the courtyard here, correct? But, uh, well, Jean, unless you have some recommendations yourself, if we want the most King's Gambit members to witness the event as possible, uh, it should be in a location where many are likely to bear witness, wouldn't it? Especially if some of your own, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? Followers are still in some way loyal to Roland themselves, despite being on the white side. There is no doubt about it. We've had many times of a pawn or a piece sneaking over to the other side. That's why I hesitate to tell anyone that, or tell anyone of your new status. As it remains, people still think I'm the White King. And for our purposes, we'll need to make sure it stays that way. That perception. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you guys want to, like, you guys want to set up an audience in this uh, courtyard within the, the state. Or, uh, the it's not really about setting up as much as people are going to notice once a fight takes place. Yeah, that's why I want to do uh, like the follow-up question, and the audience is going to be uh, all the uh, King's Gambit, and you guys are going to try to attract more people, or is it just going to be secular towards uh, the gang? Like I said, I believe the idea is it's it's not about setting up as much as it's we're planning a place that's going to have a lot of eyes on it and it's going to look spontaneous we're not doing posters and letting people know hey duel mm, all right uh does that uh fit most of the criteria are we uh forgetting anything else with this uh plan you guys feel pretty satisfied so trying to think um like uh, coming back to P1, P1's earlier question, like uh, P1's looking around to see if there's like anything made of wood about half of his size. <laughs> it, uh, Jean can easily bring something of that nature towards you. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, so, all right, there's that. There's that. All that's left is ah, yes, my my escape route. As he turns to Jean, yes, my leash. Yeah. <laughs> he quivers at your stare. To now, is there a particular part of the courtyard that, uh, with the with the proper placement, I could duck away from in a close moment's notice? Hmm. Um, I believe uh, he would say, yes, there is uh, something like that. Uh, are you looking for uh, natural uh, things such as rocks, or are you talking about uh, structural things such as uh, chest-high walls that are conveniently around the place? Ah. So, well, it's just like, uh, I should think it should probably be some place where if I were to then appear in that place, I could easily make my way without being noticed, ideally. <laughs> Even a sewer system would do at this point. Sewer system. Hmm. Yeah, I, I could say that uh, there's a sewer system because uh, I actually do have a little bit of uh, one or like basically tunnels for sewage. Yes. So yeah, you can easily say that there is a, uh, a man cover or something of that nature close by where you can escape to the sewers. So like uh, so then there are, are there sewer entrances like throughout the um the courtyard or in a very specific location? Very specific location. It's a uh, uh, P1 is going to turn to the party. So, well, if this is going to work, I should say properly. Um, so I'm going to need one of you to slightly open that 
manhole cover. It can't be me because, once again, this needs to look like it's spur of the moment. I'm good at opening things, but I do, but I do stand out if you think that might be a problem. Oh no, don't worry. All you need to do is go to the man cover, slightly open it, and you can even stand there so that people can't see necessarily what you've done. Then, when the action starts happening, uh, everybody will be making their way around and you can easily move away without uh, drawing suspicion as to why you're moving away. Can you do this favor for Mimi? Okay. Mimi. What? <laughs> no, I just... It's just as crazy and I love it. Like, uh, do a favor for Mimi. <laughs> <laughs> um, well then, if we plan this all correctly, just like uh, giving consideration for the time, uh, if we start a commotion a few minutes and then work our way out and toward the courtyard, I do believe we could finish that in a minute. Hmm. All right. Uh, you want to paint the... Yeah, like if you guys are ready to move on, uh, P1, I want to kind of give you the reins a little bit uh, to uh, paint the scene a bit and uh, lead me forward. All right. So I I want to imagine as far as just like uh, setting up the, the preamble uh, to what people are actually seeing. Um... Like, uh, within the manor itself, uh, like, uh, P1 and Jean are, you know, like, maybe, like, talking loudly, um, or, like, even, like, a, like, slowly growing into a, uh, an argument, uh, and then next thing you know, like, uh, there are sounds of things breaking, of magical blasting happening inside of the manor, um, like basically creating the biggest ruckus that everybody could hear. <laughs> At this moment, I do want you to roll a performance check. And uh, hang on, I just want to ask, are all the party members within this room or are they like in designated locations at this moment in time? I'm probably going to just act like I'm going I'm going to go meet with, uh, oh gosh, what's his face? Sniveling little crooked Inquisition member. Uh, oh, uh, David. Him. Uh, I'm going to head over to his place. I'm not actually going to meet with him. I'm going to act like I'm coming out of a meeting from there. And just in the general area. Hell yeah. This is, like, this is kind of building up to like a Mission Impossible kind of plan going on right here. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, Ordon uh, and uh, me as well. You guys are in uh, different locations, I would assume, as well. Like in places. I'm uh, by the, the manhole cover. Okay, yeah. And I'm by me. I imagine Arden's, like, riding on my shoulders like a small child. So, uh, P1, give me a performance check. Tell me what you get. Now, like, uh, could I possibly be getting advantage since I am getting 100% buy-in from Jean? <laughs> mm, yes. Yes. That works. It's not, it's not a huge deal, but, you know, it's the... It's the charisma thing I'm not proficient in, so... <laughs> oh, wow, that sucks so hard. <laughs> you got a nine. It's like, a, on the on the dice, that's that's a two and a... Uh, no, excuse me, a... Uh, oh, yeah, no, a, a two and a five. There's yeah. kind of... So, as this uh, goes out, we hear, like, uh, like the spells being uh, thrown. Little sp uh, spell slingers. And all you hear is... Uh, <laughs> I think it's Gene's fault that the the start of this doesn't sound too convincing he's like oh, curse you my master I, p1 you 
you dreadful beast. And he just keeps slipping up every time he's trying to, like, uh, hurt you. And I think one time he accidentally actually hits you. He's like, I'm so sorry, B1. <laughs> Rolling his eyes like, no, come on, a bit harder. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this uh, goes on. And uh, explain the next step of this. All right, so then, like... Uh... I mean, at the very least, hopefully, like, what really is matters is, like, everyone's, like, uh, attention is happening. So, eventually, uh, uh, I would say it would have to be Jean, like, uh, and more flavorfully, since this isn't necessarily what would actually happen mechanically. But I want to imagine that P1 has been blasted literally through the front doors of the manor. <laughs> basically, basically telling him to, like, just hit me harder, it's fine. It does <laughs> <laughs> <was> too hard. <laughs> So you can't. So we see the doors like in the uh, frame of your mental mind, and they just like blast open, smoke, and we see P1 just fly out of the door. What happens next? Uh, yeah. So uh, now I'm not sure how like uh, close this uh, this manhole cover is, but uh, but like uh, but basically like Jean like aggressively just like a. Uh, throwing his magics at P1 as P1's desperately trying to uh, dodge out of the way of the blasts or like it uh, like on the ground because he hasn't basically made his way to his feet and just keeps like getting uh, closer and closer to where uh, where me is located um, but not quite but not quite like close enough to where it's just like uh, I would say like maybe like a solid 20 feet maybe um, and then I just want to imagine uh, Jean as scripted like just holds up his hand holding on to this magnanimous uh fireball and basically de and basically declaring to uh you know what I'm going to have to steal from Asmodai here uh, as he just says, "Long live the king." <laughs> as uh, you owe me five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as the as the fireball comes crashing down, um, in this exact moment, uh, P one having held on to a um, uh a reduced spell on a on an object that was about half of his size mm. um like in this instant as this fireball attempts to like basically engulf the entirety of p1 uh p1 drops the object drops concentration and then and then uh just within sight of the mantle uses misty step to uh to basically Disapparate into the manhole that has been left open for him. <laughs> he he would enjoy going into a manhole. <laughs> and meanwhile, as since the since the object that he found was about half his size and burnable, when the fireball completely like obliterates that uh, portion of the courtyard, all that's left is a smoldering pile of burning ash. Hell yeah. Me looks like he's shocked and just, you know, kind of back kicks the manhole cover closed so no one can see. 
Alright, now what do I want to do for that? Okay. Because these are learned men, these are nobles. It happened, I'm just saying like how believable it is. So I think what what I want to do is... Hmm. An average of performance scores? No, it's good. It's going to be a contest, basically. It's just I'm trying to figure out what skills I want to go against. Because I'm thinking perception against something else. I'm not sure if I want to do deception, performance, or hmm, something. What would fit that? All right, P1, what's the recommendation on your side? Like, uh, what, uh, like, this is your plan, like, at this very moment would be the intention. You're just trying to deceive people. That's the... Uh... Yeah, like, it's it's basically one big grand deception. Yes. So I think what I'm going to do is let you roll with advantage, and I'm going to let everyone else roll straight with no modifier. Does that sound fair to you? And and here I am hoping that everything is going for you right now. You got all the bad rolls out of the way. I only roll once, and even if it's a nat twenty, like doesn't mean it's like fucking perfect. You're... It's like you you say that, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> now let's see what the crowd rolls. So like just to paint the picture a little bit more, we uh, see all these events play out, and uh, there are casual like pawns. And uh, other like uh, King's Gambit members that take lodging in this uh, lo fairly large manner, and they get their like that they notice all these events transpiring, like a uh, couple others t uh, getting other pawns to uh, look at this event, and they roll no sixteen, and you got twenty six. Say yes. <laughs> yes, they buy it hook, line, and sinker. All right. And uh, you go down into uh, the hole, and I think uh, Sean Lebon uh, says to everyone, Long live the king! And I think we cut out from that, unless there was another stage to this plan. Uh, Piwan would just uh, take a moment as he is like uh, uh, about to like uh, move through the sewer system, just send Jean a message. You did very well, my queen. <laughs> And he sends one back, or he gives you a message to, just saying, Missy Bay. <laughs> no, he he'd actually say something along the lines of uh, anything for my king. And I suppose you guys. Uh... And ideally, Jean is probably also telling everybody else to go fuck themselves since they came in with E1. <laughs> uh, he goes up to Ordon and me and goes. Your master lies dead. Get out of get out of here. Off my property. Lest you meet the same fate. And then since I'm on the back of my horsey, I slap his upper back because I'm assuming I'm really high up. <laughs> Giddy up, let's get out of here. <laughs> I just give him a sideways look. I'm like, master? And then kind of give him a shoulder shove as I walk past him. Which I imagine might just knock him over entirely. Yeah, he knock, knocks him over, and as he's in the ground, he goes, this is good. This, this is good. So you guys uh, walk out. Where, where's the meetup after this? Like, where, where, are you, where are we hiding P1 to make everyone buy this? Because he's in the sewers right now. Uh, what's going to be happening? Rendezvous. Well, now here's the big question, since uh, this would have had to have been uh, discussed uh, beforehand. But, like, essentially, where do these sewers lead to? Uh, there's an entire system underneath. Um, there, honestly, you could end up practically anywhere in this town. 
And if you're unfortunate enough, you could probably get uh, lost in this maze-like system. So then I think it would honestly boil down to uh, uh, recommendations from people who are actually from this city. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or at least have spent more time than P1 has. He's only been here like a week. (laughs) (laughs) Because this, you could go from the Jade Hills to like your uh, headquarters practically, or at least near it. It's uh, all a matter of, like, uh, where you guys want to set a destination. Trust me, it's important. I mean, what's one of the most least populated areas? Usually, like, uh, the least populated area, actually, would be within the Jade Hills over near this uh, temple here. But, uh, because there's temple, there's lighthouse where you practically don't see uh, much human contact. And there's a lesser chance of getting seen. Though there may be one occupant and uh, either the lighthouse or the temple, uh, you guys could try to risk it and uh, you could maybe make it to your dense territory over here where the combat's not happening and just like a slink to the alleyways to a couple abandoned buildings. Well, this is simple enough. Uh, so since Asmodee is going to be in the area, I'll go scope out while that whole event is going on, I'll go scope out the meetup spot and go to the, the lighthouse or the building where we think people are and uh, see if there's anyone actually in there before P1 is set to arrive. Smart girl. All right. So the first thing that you would encounter along the way um, would be uh, the temple. And it's just a temple... With uh, the Leviathan in the sky, sculpt uh, like sculpted everywhere. There's no sign of Siam, just a serpent. And uh, if you want, you can go inside to uh, see if, if uh, anyone's there. Yeah, I'll do that. All right. We hear the doors creak open, and um, uh, like I'm assuming you're just taking a tiny peek inside. You're not just gonna open the door all the way, or? I mean, is it a temple? It's a temple. I'm here to worship. Okay, perfectly fine to me. So you open up the door, and you see a dragon born, like at the un- other side of the hallway, with a uh, purple scales and a like part of his face is kind of droopy and pale. It seems like uh, he's making a prayer at the moment, with uh, candles lit down the hallway and a red rug leading right to him. So I'm going to go up, uh, and go to him. Oh good, there's someone here. I am looking to confess, uh, to talk to someone, to confess uh, some of the burdens of my soul. Mm-hmm. And how do I want to do this? I, I think that he would be uh, researching a few books and scrolls, and uh, he's writing down a few things, paying you little mind, and he goes... Uh, what is your confessions, my child? So much murder. Shut up. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, going to say, uh, I, there was an accident this afternoon. The uh, one of those gang members they attacked me, and I defended myself. And he he tripped, and he fell into a bunch of boxes. And I I think he's did and uh throw me deception please just yeah <laughs> just to start off of trying to attempt the waterworks 
and on his birthday. Are you fucking serious? I got a two. All right. Yeah. Also, I have good deception. Okay. So just clarify, you want him to keep uh, doing what he's doing, or you want him to focus all, all of his attention on you? I want his attention on me. Okay. You want your... Okay. Just want to clarify. Well, if that's the case, uh, he uh, stops wait, uh, what he's doing, and uh, he looks up, and he says, Why, that is a... And he stops mid-sentence. Oh... Look what came through my doors. And you see that his pale glossy eye is just not... I wouldn't say, yeah, I wouldn't say tremble in fear, but it's that kind of, like, furious build of anger at the mere sight of you. As his hands begin to, like, grip until we see the white of his nails... Uh, or talons on each one of his fingers and goes what brings you to my doors Asmodai how this person knows who I am apparently if you want a little bit of a reminder this purple dragonborn with a pale face is the same one who led a mob against you ah. during the state fire yep I that's why I was trying to, like, you know, see what you wanted to do here. So, yeah, you have his full attention as well, he's... What was his name right. again? Gideon Irondrake. Ah, that's right. Oh, come now, Gideon. What, I can't come and say hi to an old friend? Uh, it's bold of you to even say the word friends within these sacred halls. In fact, your mere footsteps of your heathenous god brings a bad foul taste to my mouth. I don't know what you're talking about. I serve Siam. It was confirmed in front of the Noble Council. Indeed it was. Well... Are you calling me a liar? You are many things, Asmodai. He uh, goes, uh, drop the pretenses. We both know you didn't come here to say hello. What brings you to my temple? Uh, you know, it's kind of funny. I kind of wanted to talk to you about asking you for help. Oh, and I think uh, what he does is he, like, uh, I want to imagine that there's like an altar in place of him. He puts down his hands, walks to the side, and just gives you like a turn in the head and says, what kind of help do you seek, my child? Oh, great thought. No, I'm not even going to go there. Uh, so recently... I've come to an epiphany. And what would that be? Well, that would be that uh, as much as I may disagree with you, I actually, it, as much as it may seem that I disagree with you, I actually don't entirely. See, I want just as much as you do a p place for people to live without fear, a place where there is not an iron hand over people's throats. And while it seems like I'm working in opposite to you for the enemy, quote-unquote, it is not actually the case. Because what I want is what you want. And he just raises his uh, eyebrow on the good part of his face, or his brow. And he uh, says, oh, and pray tell, what do I want, since you know me so well? 
seemingly, if we're going to say you are genuine, you want what is best for the people. You want to help the people be free of the yoke of the ruling class and for the people to rise up and have a, a city of their own, as it were. Am I off the mark entirely? Since we're being honest with one another. Do an insight check. Uh, 12. Mm-hmm. He just stares at you long, and he goes, I thought that'd be quite obvious. Are you suggesting... What sort of help do you need? Well, you were good with the people, mm -hmm. and you were able to rally quite the crowd. The, the words of the uh, uh, serpent tongue flow th freely through my lips. Yes, it's quite easy for me to wrangle up a crowd. Yes, as you say. So, then I think if we can at least agree that we want the same, at least similar things for the people, that perhaps it might be in both of our best interests to at least work with one another. Now, say I do help you, I help amass more support towards your Crimson Fist, and say that we vanquish every foe in opposition and take over this city or provide the necessary protection, what exactly do I get out of it? That is my question. What do you want out of it, is my question. It's very appetizing to have religious freedom. That would obviously be on the table. Other than that... Both of you to assume it isn't already. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Uh, the noble class liked to discriminate anyone who believed in the god Delger within this uh, uh, town. There's been quite the few Colosseum battles with uh, any heathens, and not to mention the Inquisition. In the moment that we, uh, he says Inquisition, we see me and Ordon eventually uh, uh, coming in the distance. And he says uh, the Inquisition has been well known for uh, killing most that don't believe in Siam. I wish to cultivate a sanctuary. Not just this temple, I mean land of my own for my own followers my own little ruling should this happen i mean that can be arranged but it has to be made clear that you still will have to you know answer to some authority can't be your own independent fiefdom if we're going to have an orderly city and t nods along and says that's perfectly fine so long as no one steps on my religious freedom, I shall be happy. Gosh, it's that simple, huh? Because it's almost like you don't realize who you're talking to. You don't realize... <laughs> I want the same things, correct? We want the same things. I just All I ask is a sanctuary where my religious freedoms are not impeded upon, and we have a deal. Ideally, I would like it in writing, as well as with uh, ten other items. Yeah, I will say... <laughs> hmm. I would like, if possible, uh, assurances. If that has to be 
you're a man of faith. Most of the common folk believe that you are a man of honor. So your word should suffice. That would be true. Then let's hear it. I make a promise to whom I serve, and you make a promise to whom you serve. And we will bind it in the old ways. I'm fucking down for that. All right. Uh, if you want to pull out a dagger or some kind of small... Are you guys doing a blood pack, or are we doing, like, a fucking just... A lip lock. A lip lock. Like... Uh, no. It would be through blood. Okay, yeah, I'm down for that. So, like, uh, if you want, like, uh, you can... Uh, start off this like uh, uh, I wouldn't say like would you say like this would be like half prayerish as you guys are going along I mean I would invoke the name of my god he would invoke the name of his god and then we would seal it in blood um, if you want to add magical elements to that that's fine yeah. oh yeah I want to add like uh, you know like you guys repeat like kind of like vows you'd take in marriage so like uh one of you guys starts up saying something, and the other repeats it, and it's like a intermingling of both faiths. So I believe he would say something like lines of, I do solemnly swear to protect you as an ally, and help you along your way. And I solemnly swear to uphold the, my word, and to treat you as an ally. And I think he pulls out a dagger, Slits his hand, and he continues by saying, Should I ever break this vow, allow the flying leviathan to consume the world whole. And should and I'll pull out my own dagger and say, Should I break this vow, let me be as a thief and a beggar among those whom I assume to control. Let it be known, we both solemnly swear. And he holds out his hand for yours. And I will take it. Yep, and the moment you do, I want to imagine, again, this is the crackle of fire. There's a sheen of fire that goes over your body, his body, and, like, we, like, zoom out from the temple, and we see the flying leviathan in the sky just have a low moan, uh, acknowledging this agreement. And congratulations, you have made, <laughs> made allies with, uh, with, uh, Gideon Irondrake. Uh, I didn't see this coming today hopefully that's enough to keep a distraction so he's not looking out his window when p1 pops up out of a sewer grate but uh yeah no i didn't see see this coming either but uh you know when life gives you lemons lemonade well good then we shall get to business the thing is and i will tell you this since we are now allies there is a growing disturbance in the unseen public and we need to start stemming the bloodshed of the city and the best way to do that is to start getting them behind someone who's going to be in charge i do see i haven't had uh, the pleasure of going to the unseen public besides uh, in a possible assassination attempt on my life <laughs> pleasure that's that's not the word I would ever use in five billion years. <laughs> yes. And he goes, I'm not very familiar with uh, that heathenous place. It lacks a leviathan. Not only that, uh, it lacks any sort of sanity as well. Uh, but 
With that being said, we need to get the people start rallying behind the cause, behind the champion, and to stop all of the bloodshed. See, if the gangs, if the people turn on the gangs, then the gangs won't have anyone, either they'll start slaughtering their own customers, which they live off of, whether they realize it or not, and the ones that are more populist, like the Daughters of Revolution, or the Sisterhood, uh, yeah, it's... they will need, they, they won't be able to succeed without the people on their side. And Clearwater needs customers when this is all over. So, whether they realize it or not, they cannot rule without the assent of the people. And that's what are you coming and we'll probably have to make a public declaration of we have both seen who the true enemy is lurking behind the curtain and we're going to stop fighting each other because I'm going to be honest I've run your name through the mud <laughs> and I've gotten a chance it, I, I, and he'll, he'll just kind of shrug and we'll look apologetic and say I do apologize you know love and war and all of that. Oh my god. I think he just gives you like a blank stare. And he just says, you, you ran my name through the mud, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not been too effective. <laughs> and he looks around his empty temple. Yes, uh, not too effective. <laughs> oh, that was good. Uh, at that notion, he uh, just uh, gives you a nod. Uh, he has uh, he has an idea what plan is, and uh, he's going to start writing uh, speeches for uh, the public, and uh, he's going to uh, start uh, promoting uh, the Crimson Fist in your cause, and uh, hopefully uh, any other ideologies from this uh, conversation. Um. He begins to go into the back room, and I would say the moment he closes the door and leaves, uh, we see P1, like, just pops a little manhole on the side, slides it over, and begins to crawl out. As I'm exiting the church door, oh, look, a little birdie. <laughs> uh, honestly, I was hoping that I would never have to go through a sewer system ever again, as he just kind of, like, slides his... Uh, slides his talented foot over the manhole to close it behind him. Oh, you used the sewers before. Silly little bird. I was born in the sewers. Molded by them. You merely adopted them. And now you shit in them. <laughs> well, that does explain why your armor doesn't shine like it used to. Ha. Very funny. I just put on the fresh coat of polish this morning. But it's hard for black to shine and gleam takes a lot of effort. Now, let's get you off the street before someone sees you. Here, and I'll toss him a cloak. You're an old grandma now. Uh, not my first performance, I guess. As he, as, just for fun, just as like, as a flourish, just like, uh, does a little twist and like, uh, angles his back down. I'd say at this moment, uh, as you guys are uh, getting this disguise on, you do see like, uh, Ordon uh, being carried by uh, me as they uh, walk towards you. Rephrase that. Ordon is riding me. Didn't I, didn't I say? Didn't I say Ordon's riding me? It's like being carried by me. No, I'll stick with that phrasing. I like it. <laughs> so we see some really fucked up, like 
just really fucked up porn for a couple seconds and moving on. Fuck it. <laughs> They're putting on their clothes, coming over. Hey guys, how's it going? So I know I was only there for, well, everything up until the the last moments, but I'm assuming everything went accordingly. <laughs> I I mean, uh, uh, that one guy was really mean to me. So that was the point, Oradon, and he did a very good job. I'll have to reward him later. <laughs> like head scratches all night. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like uh, we're making allies all sorts of ways today. Now, Grandma, let's take you back to the old folks' home. That... Oh, dearie, be careful of those arms. They're so big and strong. I'm afraid I might break. All the better to lie you down to sleep, Grandma. <laughs> Permanently. It's like, oh, you're so nice to your dear Grandma. Oh, what would I do without you, Granny? Now, let, let's go back. You know, you're not supposed to be wandering away from the old folks' home. Oh, I know, I know. But Granny has to get her exercise. Well, it's a good thing that you didn't wander too far. Do we know how you are when it comes to your huge delusions of grandeur? Uh, ah, yes. Like, uh, and I never thought you'd be to, to grow up just as grand as I did. Oh, Granny. I love it. I, it's so nice of you. It's so kind of you to say such nice things. Alright, so where's the destination you guys are going to? I mean, we're going back to either the King's Gambit headquarters or we'll go across town. Probably the first one, though. And wait to hear uh, anything about Roland. Alright. Uh, you guys can uh, head right back uh, over there. And as uh, you guys uh, go to uh, uh, the Le Bon Manor, Jean uh, greets you guys and um, basically puts you into a secluded room where we can uh, wait this out. And uh, he looks at P1 and says, I didn't hurt you now, did I? It's uh, only just a little, but it was all for show. <laughs> and uh, he just uh, brings you guys to uh, the dining room. And I think what will happen next is... Uh, we see, like, the sun, like, uh, not racing through the sky, slowly inching, inching, and it gets towards, like, the afternoon. We see a, a papier-mâché black beetle crawling on uh, the windowsill. We see uh, Sheen Bon uh, open up, and he goes, well, I think this might have worked. This has been House Common Blood. The intro and outro music by Savic. Oh My Dog. Any music and sound effects used in the episode are royalty-free. Credits can be found in the episode description. Please review us on whatever podcast listening app you happen to be using. And if you like us, tell other people. Word by mouth is the best way for us to grow. Thank you for joining us, and I can't wait to make so many new friends.